Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, hustlers. We know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business, or let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you, introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute routing in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash payroll starter monthly 5k. If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. This episode is brought to you by AdSpark, a full-service digital media and ad tech agency that provides unique solutions to brands with our data play. Looking for something out of the ordinary for your next campaign? Get in touch with us at adspark.ph. The Hustle Share podcast is brought to you by Sendit Philippines. Sendit is the leading payment gateway in the Philippines. Allow your business to accept payments seamlessly from cards, e-wallets, retail outlets, and local banks. For more information, visit sendit.co. Also powered by 917 Ventures. 917 Ventures is Globe's corporate venture builder that ideates, launches, and accelerates new businesses that have the potential to grow and scale fast as they seek to solve the pain points of consumers and businesses through digital solutions in the Philippines and beyond. Check out www.917ventures.com for more information. Also by B21, a platform which helps you start your journey with cryptocurrencies. Visit b21.io slash hustleshare and get $2 upon signing up. Coming from a 20-man team, I inherited around 60 people, something like that, that we had to understand the culture that we were getting into. So there were a lot of transitions, a lot of challenges, a lot of heartaches, but also a lot of successes. Welcome to Hustle Share. The podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences, but that our hustles are very much alike. Now here's your host, Ronster Beteong. 
Welcome to the latest episode of the Share Podcast. We finally got her for after bazillions of meetings and after a lot of work together, we finally got to sit down with this girl who is the girl boss of now our partner in Podcast Network Asia. Exclusive reseller and our only, we call them our Joa in-house, the CEO, president and CEO. I've had the founder. I've had Bella Gupta. This is also uh, here, but we'll talk about that some other time. Of course, the president and CEO of the biggest digital agency in the Philippines, AdSpark. So let's welcome to the show our good friend, Miss Gretchen Largoza of AdSpark. Woo-hoo! Finally, Gretchen, welcome to Puzzle Share. Thank you, Ron. I don't want to take credit for something I didn't do, but happy to be here. <laughs> no, but you have been doing a lot of strides already. And again, I've met you, if not last year, early this year, but man, we just kicked it out of the park and it was such an amazing experience. I love your energy. I love the spunk that you bring in and I can't wait to do more with you. But before I get carried away and say a lot of insider things, <laughs> let's properly introduce you to the Hustle Share community because I need to ask you the million dollar question. Gretchen, what's your hustle? What's my hustle? But before that, Ron, let me also thank you mm-hmm. because you've given me, the first time I ever met you, I already instantly felt a connection of, hey, you know what? There's something that we could do. And that's always been, you know what? My hustle is that every time I meet somebody and then I get to feel a certain connection, that's where I get to see, ha, huh, we could do something together. So that's where I get my hustle. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. So, yeah, what do you think? If you just sum it up and ask you that million-dollar question, Mm-mm. what is the hustle of one Gretchen Largoza? You know what? My, my mom was a very big proponent of doing whatever you want to do. Wow. So since I was young, I think that's always been ingrained in me that mm-hmm. I could do whatever I want. So I think that was the hustle that Nobody from my family came into working in corporate. Mm. Everybody was an entrepreneur. Wow. So my parents from my dad's side and my, from my mom's as well, everybody was an entrepreneur. That's so amazing. I'm the only one who went into this route. But still, a lot of what you're doing is very entrepreneurial because mm-hmm. I, you have to feed that and I, i've had bazillions of hustlers prior to this in this podcast where a lot of their mindset is really different when you have an entrepreneur or entrepreneurs in the family where the mindset is just different that you can be whatever you want because typically in a typical filipino household i was also raised this way that i have to work hard get good grades work for a bazillion of years have a good retirement and do the cycle be a good employee that was the mindset I had to step out of that norm because that, that, that was what I was surrounded with. But before I get carried away also, so if that was your etymology or your origin story, mm-hmm. I need to go deeper. Gretchen, this is going to get a little bumpy because we're going to have to ride the Hustle Share time machine. Let's do it. Yeah, good call. There you go. Now we're back all the way. Uh, using the Time Variance Authority, just like Loki. And I want to understand, so growing up, you obviously said that you had the mindset you can do whatever you want. 
And if that was it, that's so empowering. Most kids don't even have that type of upbringing. Most, most kids will have uh, the ability that you're only this. Uh, like for me, my mom instilled in me that, hey, you can do whatever you want, but there's still a lot of limiting beliefs around me that, hey, you're just mahirap, you're just anak this, blah, blah, blah. And subliminally, I also had the mindset that uh, my mom would always told me before that the only thing she can impart to me was my education. And credits to her, she put me in good mm-hmm. schools. Yep. Schools that we could not even afford. That's why she went into deep debt just to put me in those schools. But for you, you mentioned that that was the upbringing that you had. What was the environment? What were the businesses that you, the, the intangibles that you saw your parents do? Mm-hmm. Because that also sticks with you. And what was their daily grind like that, you know, like, wow, okay, so this is how it's done. Absolutely. So, you know what, um, I started, I'm a Provinciana. Okay. So I'm from Laguna. Wow, My... that's not that far out. Okay. <laughs> that's two hours is far. <laughs> Depending. That's... If you're Santa Rosa, uh, San Pedro, yes. that's almost Manila. Yeah. So I'm in San Pablo. So I grew San up Pablo. in San Pablo City. Middle. In, in the middle of nowhere. No, it's in the middle. And my parents, on my mom's side, they are, they have land. So we have rice, we have coconut. So that's wow. what um, my parents or my mom actually grew up with. Wow. So all of my mom's sisters, therefore, they all had double degrees. Because during that what? time... Yes, nobody, any of them, no one, all of the four girls never worked. So I think that was the environment that my mom got. Hence, her wanting her children to do a lot more. On my dad's side, my dad is very much um, like what you said. Uh, came from you know humble beginnings. His mom was such a hard worker that they were able to build a lot of things. They were able to build the first store here in San Pablo. Um, They had 10 kids and my dad was the second. And everybody's a professional. So there's two doctors. There's a former congresswoman on that side of the family. So you could really see that a lot of women on our side were really strong and were able to do a lot of things. So that was what I grew up with. That's amazing. And again, that sticks with you. But I want to understand now, if that was the mindset, how did that influence the stuff you wanted to do early on? Did you have the same straight path? Or I also see a lot of the people that were empowered up front. Again, I'm not generalizing. I just saw it from past episodes also. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Some people find it right away because it's so natural to them and they stick with one path. And some people bounce around a little bit first until they fall into what they, they eventually end up doing. What was that like for you? And walk us through how you then took that into like college and or at least your first few hustles. Sure. You know, um, when I was in, so I studied elementary in high school here in San okay. Pablo. Mm-hmm. And the very first time that I was outside of my mom's eyes was that when I was in college. Oh. So she chose for me to be in a colegiala school. Okay. So it's all women. <laughs> because that's how she that's how she grew up, right? So she okay. was in a, in an all girls school, and I was okay. an intern. So I didn't I wasn't able to go out or leave. I ate and slept there. So like it's like a boarding school at Holy Spirit. But in wow. my second year, I learned oh I can do 
other stuff that my mom doesn't know about. So I, <laughs> I guess that's where I learned. Ah, so it became made me more confident because probably if I was in a co-ed school, and I'm not saying anything bad about a co-ed school because my sister and my brother, one went to UP, one went to LaSalle. They were all in that, you know, co-ed environment. I think being in an all-girls school really helped me bring that confidence and be able to do certain things in life yep. that I even went into different types of work. And I can tell you, the very first job I got was with Cityland. And you know what? After wow. three days, I quit. Why? <laughs> well, why? Why? Three days in? Yes, three days in, I quit because... Oh, I was going to sell condos. And I said, I don't know how to do it, right? Why am I going to sell condos? And mm-hmm. then what I did was I studied programming. But what? along the way, yeah, along the way, I found myself into Mega Magazine. I, I literally went there and just tried it out. And then after my two interviews, I got in. Wow. So that was my very first job. What was Mega like? Then, mm-hmm. 200 years ago, the office was not <laughs> nice. It was just okay. like you'd think it was teeming with rats. Wow. And in my head, oh, shucks, I'm going to meet a whole lot of good-looking men here, a lot of hot guys. And then it was me and 100 other girls. <laughs> just like thinking. college all over again. Yes, like college all over again. But I had super fun there. It was really nice. And there were not a lot of buildings before in that area. Is it in that passing where wow. Mega Mall is? Wow, Julio yeah. Vargas area. Right? Yes, not a lot of buildings that particular time. Wow. Now, I, I want to understand. So, again, having that freedom now, confidence, you roll with that. What were the skills you had to learn? Again, because obviously the creativity is there, you know, it's beaming mm-hmm. with it, confidence is there. That's great. Not a lot of kids come out of school. A lot of people, again, coming from experience in mm-hmm. what I've seen in interviews with fresh grads, it's yeah. either it's rare that a fresh grad actually values themselves the right way. It's either majority of the time they undervalue themselves and take whatever job and they end up in the wrong path. Right. Or they overvalue themselves because I am from blah, 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 this school and school yes, and I deserve right. this. So they overvalue. But for you, what was that like, having that confidence? And what was the, the skills you were very interested to learn? Or what were, what were the things you actually wanted to do? Because if in the first gig, three days in, you didn't want to sell, what were you looking for in, in Mega that attracted you to them? You know what? Um, let me tell you first about my internship when I was in college. Okay. So when I was looking for an internship, I was going to different types of advertising agencies and probably I went maybe to four or five. And every time my outfit was always different from everyone else. Wow. So for example, I went to maybe, I think it was basic and it was really up to the nines corporate look and everybody was wearing jeans, shirt and whatever. (laughs) So I didn't get that job. I went to Jay Walter and then I was wearing jeans and a sleeveless shirt, something like that. Uh-huh. And everybody was in a corporate attire. <laughs> right? Like you always like, didn't get the memo. <laughs> yes, I didn't get the memo. What the hell, right? And then, you know what? I got into Jay Walter. 
when it was in Ramon Magsaysay building and we were only 20 people who got in okay. that particular internship and I think it was maybe two, two and a half months of learning so many things about advertising and out of wow. that particular experience, I said, I'm going to be the boss mm. when I grow up. So and that the, was You where, did. You betcha. I, you I did. did. Yes. Amazing. That Again, that epiphany rare at a very young age is rare. Most of the time, and I see this also, when you have vague dreams, you have big results at the end. But if you if you were already saying, all right, this young, I'm going to be the boss. And now make us that first stepping stone out of Jay Walter. What were the skills you had to learn there that in order for you to achieve full-on bossmanship down the road? What I learned there is relationship building and really how to talk to different types of people. Because it's a different matter altogether when you're talking about, because I was looking after Mega and also Blueprint in terms of marketing. Wow. So I get to talk to in blueprint all of the architects, the interior designers, etc. And they have a different way of talking. While in fashion, it was more about obviously fashion and the frou-frou stuff, which I love. Got it. <laughs> Amazing. So what were the early sacrifices? Because I'm pretty sure no matter how optimistic you are, the, the real world will always find a way to oh, yeah. punch you in the face. Absolutely. And humble you. And like, hey, welcome to the real world now. You can't just, you know, optimism your way out of this. What were those things that you learned the hard way? Out oh my, yes, the hard way is that I really didn't want to ask money from my parents. Wow. Yeah. As wow. in, so I didn't. Amazing. So I, and how I did you survive? Until now. So, you know what? Sometimes I won't eat just so I could, you know, because how much, how much did I get? My gosh, maybe what? Seven, eight, ten thousand, something like that. Wow. Even that particular mm-hmm. time. Um, maybe they did help in terms of um, the condo. Yeah. Rent. But everything else was me. Wow. So, how you know, young the were you back then? Maybe 22, 23. Wow. That's tough, yeah. huh? That's mm-hmm. adulting right there. Yes, you're not just adulting. Ad- adjust, yeah. Adjusting to the corporate s- stuff. You mm-hmm. have to take care of you now as a grown-ass woman. And you have to remember, I didn't know how it was because I was cocooned in the place in San Pablo. Sheltered. And there then when go. I was in um, Holy, it's also the same thing. And then when I went <laughs> to the real world, oh my gosh, people do this. People do that. So yeah, okay. I had a, a, to do a whole lot of things like that. Yes. Okay. But I wanted to not ask for money or whatever. Okay. How did you get by? Well, you know what? I think I was a really good, not save, but I knew how to use my money well. Mm. So no Maybe. partying as much, you know, or if there's partying, somebody's paying. <laughs> you're, somebody's you're, paying you're wise about it. it. Exactly. <laughs> During the time from, I remember like the euphoria days, something, whatever. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Wow, yes. amazing. That's that's crazy. So now and again in the fashion creative industry, a lot of people also find themselves, you know, getting caught up in the grind. After Mega, you now went BCD and mm-hmm. Ogilvy. Mm-hmm. And this is one step closer to that the boss. What did you then learn here? Because now after brand officer, you eventually jumped to be account director. 
yes. were the big strides you took that got you that that big leaps that you eventually overtook at that, especially a younger age? My boss before got me without me not knowing anything about direct marketing. Wow. And then he told me, I wanted you to be a sponge and being here, I want you to learn as much as you can. And mm. until now, that's what I've always tried to pattern in everything I'm going to be doing because he got me where I didn't know anything and I learned along the way. And his name is Dicky Soriano. And I think he's still teaching at Ateneo. But he's oh. always been that person who's told me, oh, I got you and I want you to learn as much as you can. And I was the only accounts person that particular time, maybe two, three, two years thereabouts. And what? I was looking, yeah, I was their only accounts person, but I was trained in the Ogilvy way because he was managing director of Ogilvy One and also the managing director of BCD. Okay. So I was able to learn with a whole lot of people. And then we, we were the first team in the Philippines to win a can. What? Or a bronze. Oh, yes. Yeah. Wow. Yes. That's For, the stuff that Gigil is doing now. Yes. You're the yes. first one doing it. Yes. Amazing. So we were with um, Butchoy Makasad. I don't know if you've heard of them. Yep. Um, Tin Sanchez. We started together at BCD. She was probably a month before me. But Amazing. those were the people who were able to bring home the can for the Philippines. A bronze one for the Philippine Animal Welfare Society. Now, the, the cans don't happen by accident. No. That's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears you have to mm-hmm. go through. If you yeah. were the only accounts person back then, walk me through how you were able to survive that can. Because not a lot of people make it out. You know, they just <laughs> give out. It's like, no, this is not for me. I'm out. This is... But those people that push through, man, mm-hmm. they end up somewhere really nice. Describe to me that grind that you had to go through and how, what were those things you had to overcome to, to survive? So I always say survival, but are the people that really make it, Mm-mm. it's not just after survival. They're no. after thriving. They thrive in, the, in yeah. that environment. I think it's resiliency because I was with a lot of people who were also thinking the same thing. I had a creative team. We have the database management team. We have a traffic team. And it was such like, it's like a family that whatever problem or challenge that came in, they Mm. will be there to support you. Got it. I think that was one of the things that really showed me, ah, you know what? This is a type of environment and culture I would always want to be part of wherever I'm going to be going. But if I were to tell you the things that I had to do, I would be sitting beside a an art director okay. up until what two a.m. to ensure wow. that you know the copy because it's direct marketing. It's not real. It's not the typical type of print ad or whatever. Yeah. So the copy has to be precise. The call to action has to be there, and you know obviously the visuals has to be correct. That we need to make sure. And then I would, our office is in Makati and I would be going, one of my clients, I would be going all the way to Kubao because it's in shop, where Shopwise was. Yes. The old stands. Exactly. Yes. And we would be there and then we would have that meeting and then I'll come back again to do other stuff. Wow. And that was like for around two years. And then we were able to get more people in. That's amazing. Yeah. Now, I want to understand uh, a couple of things. So after this, you went to Bangkok. 
Yeah, is this the one's... first out of the country job you then had? Uh, it's, it's, it's a short stint, Mm-mm. more or less a year. And there's something about working overseas that I've always had here, just in the show, that, that really changes you. What do you think you know by being alone, independent in your home country? <laughs> you don't know no. it until you go overseas and now it's a totally different country. And it's a non-speaking, not English-speaking country too. What uh, was that like? Really hard. Really hard because I was um, hired by this Canadian lady along with a Filipina. Okay. And our office also a direct marketing company. Okay. Very hard because the Filipina, I didn't know anything going to a country that you could ask for where you're going to be staying, um, your salary. I just went there because... I told my mom and my dad, I, I want to do it. Let me try. Mm. I went there. The other Filipina also placed me in the same condo in the same floor that she was. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. Well, wow. Why did she even do this? So I learned maybe a month and a half after so that she could slip papers under the door so that I know what to do next after tomorrow or whatever. Mm. Right? But... This particular company is local in nature, but they ha- we had a, a Canadian boss, but super local. As wow. Very, very local that we would do different things in Bangkok to be able to sell a product. They would go into an office building. So, for example, it's a L'Oreal a makeup brand and it's a mascara. We will have dancers in the office building to show. What? This is how, Yeah. So those are wow, the things. Door yeah, to door. Door to door type of thing. And Amazing. I was there with a couple of friends of mine. Mm-hmm. And we were all young. Our very first time to work abroad. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I remember on Saturdays, we would eat at this Japanese restaurant and we would cry. Like, what did we say yes to? Why are we here? We don't even understand what these people are talking about. Oh, man. That's amazing. But just to wrap it up and before we take our first break, Mm-mm. what did you learn about yourself after that first gig overseas? Because that, that again, leaves an indelible mark uh, to you. And, uh, and again, eventually, you'll carry that on in your next things because it's not the first time you're going to be leading teams overseas also mm-hmm. where you went, you know, apakabar on everybody eventually. But yeah. what, what did you learn about yourself by working for a year in Bangkok? That I'm okay to be alone. Mm. Yeah. To be on my own and not have all of the things that we could have here in the Philippines that somebody will do this for you. And... You know, all of those things. I think that was the very first thing that I could say coming from a sheltered background that I can do. And I can eat on my own. I can cook. go to the, yeah, cook on my own. Um, do the laundry on my own. Yeah. Wow. All of Big girl things. stuff. Big girl 100%. stuff. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Now let's take our first break. And then when we'll come back, let's now talk about your journey. Of becoming a full-time boss in the creative and advertising industry. Because you just didn't do it here. You did it in Indonesia eventually. And eventually, we'll talk about how you then came back and led AdSpark. But let's talk about that more after the break. Hey, hustlers. It's been over a year and a half since the pandemic has started and completely bamboozled us. Because it changed and altered how business is done in the Philippines. 
But if there's a silver lining that I've seen, the businesses and startups that thrive now are those who are not just digital, but also make it easy for their customers to pay them. And the thing is, no matter how great you think your product is, your startup won't scale and achieve real product market fit if you don't do an omni-channel approach in getting your customers' payments. Now, we've discussed so many options of how to get that done in this podcast already. However, what if you can just get that done using just one product? And that's why I highly recommend that you guys use Sendit. Sendit Philippines is the leading payment gateway in the country, and they allow businesses to painlessly and seamlessly accept payments from their customers. And these payment channels include credit cards, direct debit, e-wallets like Gcash, PayMy, and GrabPay, retail outlets, and pay later. Now, I'm not going to recommend this if we are not a user ourselves. We use Sendit in Podcast Network Asia and getting payments from our sponsors and also disbursing money to our podcasters. Now, it's not just us because there's a lot of legit Filipino startups that achieve scale that are using Sendit to get this done, just like our friends from Kumu. Now, if you're interested to use it for your business or your startup, we're going to make it very easy for you to get started because you are a listener of HustleShare. And that's why we're going to give you access to Sendit's SME program, which is Sendit's org-wide initiative to help our SME customers grow and scale. Through this program, they will waive up to 1.6 million pesos per business and free transactions just by signing up today. And it's only applicable to new Sendit merchants and for transactions excluding cards. So if you're interested, just click the link in the description box of this episode to find out how to join. So if you have a business or startup that's gaining momentum now, I highly suggest you start investing in this infrastructure like Sendit to allow you to scale, not just now, but for a post-pandemic world. All right, let's get back to the show. And we're back from the break. We are still with our good friend, Gretchen Largoza, who now is a big girl. Oh, no. He know how to, uh, knows how to do big girl stuff after for Bangkok. But when he came back, and you now work with Arc Worldwide for, all again, almost a year, more or less a year. What was the mindset like and what did you do there? Because now you're Associate Account Director. What did you bring with you that allowed you to, to get this done? What I brought with me is, you know, a little bit more toughness and a little bit more, oh, I understand direct marketing more and more. And that was the time where digital was really taking into shape, that websites were being done, etc., and I also love the lady I worked with, Ichai Bolao, and who is still up until now my mentor. And that was one of the reasons why I wanted to work with Ark. So when I was still in Bangkok, she called me up and said, hey, do you want to come back mm-hmm. and work with me? And I said, yes. Wow. Amazing. So mm-hmm. what, now you're back here. And then after that short stint, you did Ogilvy. Yes. Now, this is all Gilby. You're, you're the big boy brands now. And you're in mm-hmm. the holy triumph. If you draw Mount Rushmore, easily all Gilby is it's there, right? Mm-hmm. Of, of the top agencies in the world. Yep. How different was it when you now are part of the big boys club in Ogilvy? And what were you guys doing at that time, 2005 to 2007, in terms of what you were doing? And you said here also in your LinkedIn that this is one of your most favorite times in the A3C world. 
Mm-hmm. Talk about what you did there and why why was it your favorite or what your most favorite types of Ellie, our boss that particular time, was able to bring in different types of people who really fit together in terms of personality, in terms of ways of working. That up until now, all of these people, yeah, the culture, up until now, all of these people are my friends. And we have very strong ties and relationships that I've been bringing some of them in my stints in Indonesia, in Vietnam, Etc. So I think that so was one of the things. You brought them with you. Yes, some of okay, them. Okay, that's amazing. Yeah, In a lot of hustle that we did at Ogilvy One, we were building the team and we were able to also put together fantastic work across the different clients that we had. So I think that was one of the things as well. And then again, the people there was always up to try anything. And mm. I think that was one of the things why it really worked mm. that particular time. Got it. So now after Ogilvy, Art came calling back. But now mm-hmm. it's no longer in the homeland, right? You went south. Mm-hmm. You became business director now full-time. And it's your second time working abroad, but now in Indonesia. Mm-mm. Since you now have a big boy game, you've had experience in Ogilvy. How difficult was it? And what was it like working in Indonesia and now becoming a leader? Pretty much, you have already achieved a, a, a sort of bossmanship here. What was that like? Mini bossmanship here in the Philippines. When I went to Indonesia, it was also challenging, but okay. not as challenging when I was in Bangkok because I had a little bit more years of experience under my belt. Okay. And when I got there, it was a really big agency. Probably we were maybe 500 or so people inside nice. um, Liebernet. And it had different units. I, I was part of ARC, which is the digital arm. And mm-hmm. I was working solely for Philip Morris that particular time. Wow. And, and this was the first time that they were building websites. They were yeah. doing all of these campaigns online. It was super interesting. But also difficult on my end because you know what i got sick when i was in indonesia that i was probably sick for a month or so that i decided oh i don't want to do this and you know what they did after i said oh um, i had to go to the doctors and all of those things and they told me to rest Burnett, the management of Burnett told me why don't you take a rest and then let's talk again after a month because you still have your place here I went, wow. I went back. I said, no, I don't think. I think I have to focus on my health now. And what they told me really up until now boggles my mind. They said, okay, if you want, why don't you go home for two weeks and then come back and work here for two weeks? So I did that for probably four or five months. But then wow. I eventually said, you know what? I have to leave now. And when I left, maybe a month or so being here, okay. a friend of mine from Ogilvy tells me, hey, are you here? I heard you're back. Let's have lunch. Had lunch okay. with her at Greenbelt. And okay. then after lunch, she tells me, hey, come, come. I'm going to introduce you to my um, CEO. So I met the CEO of NetBooster, Seb Quadron. And wow. then after that particular meeting, he said, hey, we're opening in Indonesia. Would you be open to... <laughs> They're trying to send you back again. Yes, yes. 
And then wow. he told me it's going to be a startup. Yes, in the Philippines, we have around 100 people. We've been doing all this in the past two, three years. But in Indonesia, we only have a client, but we don't have anybody. Would you be open to go there? So you know what? Probably after a month, I said, okay, let's do it. Because it was super interesting. Um, we didn't have anybody except for one account manager who was Filipino and one social media person who was a freelancer. So I went there. Wow. I started it. We didn't have run. We didn't have a work permit. We didn't have an office. So I don't have a pity. No, we didn't have it. So I had to go home every month for a whole year. So I have to be there for 28 days, go home and come back after two, three days. And then I stayed for a time in a hotel, maybe two months. And then while I was wow. building the team, while I was buying computers, laptops here in the Philippines to bring to Indonesia for the people to use. Um, yeah. And then we really hustled. I was able to bring two people from my, our office here in Manila, Ben and uh, Matt. One was my operations director. One was my media director. And then we had several other people from Indonesia. And then one other lady who was with me in Ogilvy, Manila, who was one of my account directors. And yeah, and we did really well. And eventually I was able to bring another person from our, from our team at NetBooster was also from Ogilvy, Manila. And Got it. that was the time that WPP saw us, felt that there was something about NetBooster and they eventually bought NetBooster, the holding company. That's amazing. Mm-mm. Now, again, I'll be a little selfish, Gretchen, because you are, you're well, well aware that we are establishing our, our team. We already have a team in Indo, a five-person five, five team. But I've never been to Jakarta. I've only been to Bali. Yeah. It's hard to expand. I've never met these people. I have more <laughs> than half of the people now that I'm working with, I've never met in person. Yeah. Right? What are the tips? Because, because Indonesia is such a big market. Just for context, whoever, whoever's listening here. There's 300 plus million Indonesians. It's widespread. Again, so it's imagine that that's Philippines times three. Yeah. Right? That's that easily, that's how big it is. But there are nuances in, again, a lot of similarities, but also a lot of nuances that are very different in Indonesia. What allowed you to become successful, given that a lot of the odds were in, not in favor of you? You didn't have a permit. A lot of things were literally from scratch. Mm mm. If you can just sum it up with a few factors that you did right, and if you again give me a little bit of advice, what should sure. I do <laughs> to be <laughs> successful and not make the same mistakes you did at least at the early stages? First is really understand the country that you're going into, and that was what I learned from Leo Burnett. Um, no matter what happened with me and my health with Leo Burnett, the first thing that they taught me was all about Indonesia. They Get, get, uh, they also got me a coach, a language coach to be able to help me understand Bahasa. Got so it. I did that for probably Ole. like a year. Yeah, Benar. And we've been all, a uh, second one is to be able to surround yourself with people. Here's the thing about Indonesia that I learned along the way. There's so many experts on certain things that you need to be able to surround yourself with all of these people. And you will meet these people through the connections that you have. So for example, the lawyer 
that I used for us to be able to get our work permit was our lawyer at Libernet who helped wow. us with our papers for NetBooster. Mm-hmm. And then that's the second tip. And the third one is to not, you know, hesitate in asking for help. The entrepreneurial spirit of Indonesians is something I hope a lot of the Filipinos would have. Like you, for example, you're very entrepreneurial. And I think that's one of the things that they would like and love working with you because that's how they are. You will always hear people who are working in corporate jobs that have side hustles, one or two or three. And they will love that about you. And always, number four, is always be transparent. If you don't know anything, just own up to it. And they always um, want that. That's amazing. Again, bike or, or I don't yes. know. How, bitul. Bitul, bitul. Okay. <laughs> I only, I'm, I'm only limited to five words so far. Oh, let's see. I Maybe know. I can. Hook me up with that coach. Eventually, I will need one. Yes. <laughs> yes. And you know what? That coach was learning Russian literature, I remember. Because he was in college. <laughs> amazing. And again, I also am a victim of looks. Because again, I always get, whenever I go to Singapore, Malaysia, yeah. You always go apakabaram. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? What's that? And apparently they thought I was an Indonesian. <laughs> yeah. Me too. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. So now after that acquisition, not a lot of mm-hmm. people can talk about that, right? And especially yes. an acquisition overseas. Mm-hmm. What was that transition like? And eventually, what did you do next after that? That was also difficult and challenging because coming from a 20-man team, I inherited around 60 people, something like that, that we had to understand the culture that we were getting into. And obviously, the people I had felt like, oh, no, she doesn't have time for us anymore. It's always all about the new team. So there were a lot of transitions, a lot of challenges, a lot of heartaches, but also a lot of successes. Okay. Because we were able to forge a lot of good relationships, not just with our number one client that particular time, but also the different clients that we were looking after. And that time, I was also looking after the work for the four agencies. That time, Group M had four agencies, Mindshare, Mediacom, MEC, and Maxos before it became Wavemaker. And I had to look at all of their stuff because Group M Interaction, which I led, was the one that was looking after the back-end so it's the media, the search, the partnerships, etc. And a lot of, you know, a lot of successes, a lot of heartaches. But I met and learned from a whole lot of people. Got it. So that was one of the things that I loved about my group M experience. And then after that, um, there was this one particular incident that um, we had a very good relationship with Unilever. Okay. That they asked me to be the point person for all of their other agencies. Wow. Right? So for all of their creative agencies, they wanted our team to be the point person for all. Wow. And then one agency in that particular time didn't have a good relationship with Unilever. And the CEO was Filipina. And I used to be in that particular group, Ogovi. So then she asked me, Hey, do you want to go back to Ogilvy? Ogilvy <laughs> One, because I needed wow. somebody. Uh, I need somebody to lead Ogilvy One. Um, the incumbent is leaving. Why don't you come with? And what I loved about 
this particular opportunity was she was very clear from the get-go. You only have 20 people. Out of the 20 people, um, we might have to remove our heads and I need their help to do that. And not a lot of clients want to work with your team if you say yes. So I said, wow, how am I going to do that? She said, well, you know what? I'm going to support you, but let me know. Let, we can do this together. And I've only heard about her because I didn't see her at Ogilvy when I was in Ogilvy 1 Manila because she already left for Ogilvy Vietnam. So I said, sure, because I've always heard how good she was. So I said yes to work with Kat Mohika, who is now in Ogilvy, Hong Kong. She is the first Filipina woman and Asian to lead the office in Hong Kong ever. Nice. Okay, now before we take our last break and of Mm-mm. course talk about AdSpark. Yeah. Obviously, through all these jumps and doing a deep dive in what you what you've done, uh Gretchen, you've now attained what you wanted in your first ever job when you were in Mega or when you were doing an internship to become a boss. Mm-mm. When you went through this multiple stops, you know learning and failing and, and, and everything else in between. What type of boss did you become? And what type of leadership style did you develop that allowed you to lead all these teams across? Because again, that's a hodgepodge eventually of learnings that you got into with the people you got exposed with. But when you wanted it and then all of a sudden it, it was you, what was that like? when you were now in that position, what did you end up being as a leader? That's a great question. And I think I'm still learning along the way. I feel like I've been able to get certain aspects of all of the bosses I loved working with. And I've become parts of who they are and eventually made it my own. So what is it? I'm a tough one. I'm a tough boss. Because I feel like people need a little bit of toughness to be able to, I'm using your word, survive. And be able to show grit. And I always have this open door thing that you can always ask me. And I'm going back to what I learned from my very first boss in direct marketing is come to me with a solution. Got it. I always want for all of the people I'm going to be working with is come to me with a solution. And if there's um, none, then let me know because we could work on it together and always have that relationship with the people that you have, but with a little bit of toughness, because especially now in a different world that we are now living in, where there's a little bit of openness, there's a little bit of this, a little bit of that. There still has to be something constant. And that is grit and resilience that's coupled with a little bit of toughness. So that's where I'm at, I feel, as a boss. That's amazing. But before I let you go, and, and what, mm-hmm. the, what, what, what do you think is the biggest challenge for you now as a leader? Right? Because we, you always said, it's still, you're still learning. It's, again, it's never mm-hmm. a, a finished process at the moment. Especially now, you're going to go, you're, you're, the next thing we're going to be talking about is AdSpark. Mm-mm. What's still the biggest challenge you still have now as a leader? Right now, specifically, is bringing the right people yes. in the right place and yep. building a culture. And it's not going to happen overnight. Mm-hmm. It's another thing. And really building the confidence of how people are. 
because we I, this is the first time all of us have been working at home right that we need to be able to put an anchor in everything that we're doing but still be cognizant of what's happening in the in the world because right now the i think that is really the biggest challenge is building the culture putting the right people like the cultural fit of the people's going to be working um together and i always use this quote from ogilvy is that you hire people bigger than yourself wow. because we are a company of giants not of dwarfs something like that i'm paraphrasing i'm pretty sure i'm murdering what it whatever it is. <laughs> but that is what i'm what i'm talking about yeah that is amazing now let's take our last break and when we come back let's now talk about of course the biggest digital agency in the philippines and spark to the membership globe and again with the help of our friends from 917 ventures well, let's talk about that more after the break I hope you're all doing well today. My name is Kara and just dropping by to let you know that I too have my own podcast. It's called After 30 with Kara Erigel. I talk about love, fear, relationships, career, sex, food, money, books, and how life is so much different and oddly the same after 30. So when you're done listening to this episode, go ahead and check out mine. Again, it's After 30 with Kara Erigel, available wherever you get your podcasts. See you there. Hey guys, 2021 has been an exciting year for cryptocurrency because of Bitcoin getting all-time highs almost at a daily basis now. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that I use this app called B21 to invest in my crypto assets. What I love about B21 is they've made it so easy for me to invest because I do not have the time to watch the charts and see the dynamic flows of all these crypto assets. And because it's so easy to use, I was able to make massive gains right when Bitcoin was making that bull run. Now, I don't want to be the only guy who's actually benefiting from this because as a hustler, you need to make your money work for you. So download the B21 app now in the Google Play and App Store and use the code HUSTLE to see how easy it is to use and invest in your cryptocurrency now. And we're back from the break. We're still with Gretchen Largoza, who will now tell us, after all these escapades and great adventures in the thousands of islands in Indonesia, she went home. Home is always where the heart is. Mm-hmm. And again, after Ogilvy, you took a, a bit of a time off before you again yes. found AdSpark. In, in that time off, what was that like? And then how did, talk to us how you got into this AdSpark opportunity. I left Indonesia and I said, oh, you know, I, I want to do this thing that I've always wanted to do. So I took a pastry course. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. I, I always wanted to do it. And I said, hey, you know what? Why not? So I took that. I learned how to make um, shoe pastry. I learned how to make bread. I learned how to make chocolate. What? And Yeah. Yes. Fat man, Gretchen. I will invade your house and eat whatever you're cooking. Well, now I have super uber respect with all of the chefs. 
you know what? <laughs> Some of my chef professors are maybe in their 20s. And wow. they started after high school and they went into pastry school. And they're super good at it. The mere fact that people are standing on their toes every day, seven days a week to be able to make bread, do anything, mm. I was super enamored. So I loved it. It wasn't something that I wanted to do as a business, but more of uh, okay. just wanting to do pastry, you know, that, that I wanted to try. Mm. And then right. I went back to the Philippines um, in the middle of the pandemic. And I wasn't doing anything. And then my sister and I got to talking and we were saying, hey, why don't we come up with a business? So mm. we were talking about it and I was telling her when I was working in Vietnam, I would always buy this coconut that you could just pierce the straw and I would always drink it every day. And wow. I said, why don't we do something on coconut? So we, my sister and I looked for different places here okay. in the Philippines that we could work with in terms of manufacturing because the coconut we have in our family are mostly mature coconuts. Mm. And we wanted to use young coconuts. So we spoke to Franklin Baker. The Century Tuna group also has one somewhere in Cotabato, etc. Wow. But we found our manufacturer in Lipa, Batangas, which is what? 45 minutes away from here. Not bad. Yeah. Start hallway. One start hallway away. There you One go. start hallway away. And start hallway, I will send you the invoice for that plug. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay. And they're very young. They're only five years. And wow. we liked, you know, how they were. We eventually started working with them. And my sister and I thought about our new name. It's called One Largosa Corporation. Mm-hmm. And our first product is coconut water. And it's called Kinaia. So Kinaia wow. is a Visayan word, which means it's your characteristics that are good and bad. So it's the definition of you. It's your characteristics. Wow. Yes. I am Visayan. I am, my roots are from Samar. I've never heard of that. Maybe it's a different region. But that oh. is amazing. Now, you're well into an entrepreneurship route. Some people, that when they taste this, they never turn back. Yes. Here comes this 917 Ventures a thing comes close. You're very, very happy. You look, seem like you found your thing. And I think you're still doing that. But now here comes the agency world again. It comes knocking back at your door. How did this AdSpark opportunity come and How did you choose again? How did they boodle you to do this? How did they boodle me? So, Vince Yamat's brother is okay. a good friend of mine. Okay. We were in Ogilvy together, Ogilvy Manila, and he was the head of Ogilvy PR. And we've always had, you know, when he was in Singapore, I was in Indonesia. If I was in Singapore, we'd meet up. If he was in Indonesia, we'd meet up. And then he learned that I was back here. And he said, hey, he texted me one time. He said, hey, do you remember my brother, Vince? I said, yeah. So they're looking for people. Would you be open to chatting with him? I said, hmm. <laughs> I said, heard this speech hmm. before. Yes, he sent me to Indonesia before. before. <laughs> <laughs> I know, exactly. So I said, hmm, na, go, go, go. So I said, okay, sure. Because I know, I met Vince probably 2012, something like that. Got it. And then I said, sure, why not? 
I first had my first chat with Vince. I was in Barrio for a break during the pandemic when we okay. were allowed to go to. And then he said, hey, this is what, what it is. It's called AdSpark. And the funny thing on the way to AdSpark is that I was asked for an interview with AdSpark maybe around 2019 when Bella was Ooh. leaving. Bella was still there. Oh, yeah. When wow. she was about and then it to became Onat. Then you. No, I think it became Glenn. Okay. And then Onat and I. You got it. Yeah. Wow. So after that conversation with Vince, he didn't let up that I was able to speak to Nico, our chairman of the board, to Isa, to who else did I speak to? To Vince again and Vince again and then right. Ernest. Okay. So like a one week after the other, and they said, okay, we're only talking to you. So it's wow. okay. So there. You didn't have pretty much started. have a choice right there. <laughs> you didn't have a choice. But you know what? I like the idea of what they were talking about, of building the first, you know, agency because Globe is an it's all about the Antalco business. And I think that was right. one of the things uh, that made me excited to be part of this company. And that what was the hero pitch? Because again, you wouldn't even pay attention if it didn't do something. And again, it's not just AdSpark for sure. It's the whole 917 Ventures ecosystem that was put us a gamut. Because if mm-hmm. you didn't, again, I've said it so many times before. It's now embedded in me. It's the global unfair advantage that you're also yes. But in that whole AdSpark pitch, along with the whole 917 view, Mm-mm. What was so exciting that made you still want to, all right, I'm going to do it one time again and then, then lead this to where it's supposed to be? I think you said it. And you know how Vince is. He's a very good salesman. Yep. And the way he was able to sell it to me is that look at Aspart and where we're at. We will be the only agency who will have this unfair and differentiated advantage. That With Aspart, you will be the only one who would have a GCash, a KMD, a Health Now, a Purego, etc. And, and Podcast even, Network Asia now. And imagine. Podcast Network Asia and building our own DMP and PMP, etc. Yep. So I think that alone made it super exciting. And that's why I even met you maybe in my first month, man. Wow. Yeah. Pleasure. Thank yeah. you. Again, amazing, amazing. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's the idea of what we want ads part to be is to be with partners with new media and podcast is a new media and we want to be able to be the first ones to do it because we and definitely will and scale it exactly yes so go. that was the reason why i said now, yes walk us through when you kind of came in because again this team is already solid as it is Mm-mm. and there are incumbents here again there are people here that have been there since bella's days Mm-mm. you know and all the way here there's always one thing that I've never tried as a founder because I'm always a zero to one type of guy. So it's easy to establish respect and loyalty when you're coming in from the Nexus event or the very start. Mm-mm. But if you're coming in and you have to buy, get buy-in in order to even get everything. Mean, you've done that several times with a lot of teams that you've led. But what's the key to getting buy-in so that whatever the new North Star is, Everybody leaves their shit behind and then just focuses on that one common goal. I had to think of what the vision is. And I think that was the main thing coming from all of the conversations that I had with the chairman of the board, Vince of, of you know, leading 917 and how they were envisioning what AdSpark is. 
I drank the Kool-Aid and felt like, ah, you know what? These are the things that I also want to be able to do. So when we put together the vision, it's really looking at what I did in the beginning, which I felt really worked for me was that I was talking to the people at AdSpark and I was also talking to our clients internally and externally to be able to understand all of it. And what I was able to put together as our vision is making making it easy for people to harness the power of data and creativity. So it's grounded. It's founded in what we what we are, which what we have is data. And now we are building our creativity. And you know what? I was able to get one of the best in the business as our advisor. Who is this guy? So I was able to get Tony Pet Sarmiento as our chief creative what? advisor. Yes. Oh, congratulations. Um, yes. Amazing. What did it yeah. take to get him to say yes? Now you're boodling everyone. A lot. <laughs> passing passing yeah. everyone the Kool-Aid. <laughs> passing everyone the Kool-Aid, yes. So a lot. It was like, you know, up until now, there's so many things that we want to do. Uh, but we also started the conversation maybe a couple of weeks after I met you too. So yes. Okay. Yeah. Amazing. Mm-mm. Now, that vision is now in uh, flux. What What's now up ahead for Adspire? Because again, you have all these tools, unfair mm. advantage. Plus, mm. you now have a new wave of smaller startups Mm-mm. from the Velocity program, which by the way, might be coming in soon. So sh- yes. heads up. That's if you right. are interested to get into the startup game without risking it all, again, I mm-hmm. would have done it if, if I didn't go all in. I, I, I wish there was yeah. a program like this 10 years ago. That's What's right. up next for you guys? And talk to us about that ecosystem now within 917B. Whatever you can share behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, with 917, where we're at, it's really on an ad spark lens. Is really embracing the ecosystem and leading with it. And that is one of our solutions to be able to show the Philippines and hopefully the region later on is that we are a team of high performers. And there are three things that I'm looking at based on what we're doing. First is the unfair and differentiated advantage that we have, which you also know. Because there are products and services that only AdSpark and 917 can provide. So we have our health tech with KMD and also HealthNow. We have our fintech with, well, who doesn't know Gcash and EasyPay. We have our ad tech, that's AdSpark. And we will later on have our data co as well. And then we also have our e-commerce through PureGo. And then we also have our platform like Rush. So there's so many things. Um, I'll be able to tell you about a the newest one maybe later on. Maybe I'm yeah. not at liberty to say, but then, not yet. Yeah. Yes, but so many, so many things. And Watch the out. second, yeah, I know. And then the second bit is really the way of thinking and doing. It's with a little bit of swagger and a whole lot of lifting everybody inside the team, with our partners, with our clients. And the last one is really building the right people in the right place. So those three um, strategic imperatives is what I'm looking at. And and that's so powerful because, again, a lot of tech, a lot of data, 
Mm-hmm. Again, without the proper, and I can throw all that data to someone probably doesn't know shit about mm-hmm. how to run with that data, and they're just gonna be like, okay. They don't realize they're sitting at a pot of gold, mm-hmm. and that's what's beautiful because you've been here since direct marketing, dancey dancey type of days, and you've seen that evolve through multiple iterations to different countries, and now mm-hmm. you realize that this is the most powerful powerful thing in the world. But I also want to understand in terms of as AdSpark itself, now we have all this treasure trove of unlimited data. Whatever you can share, that's not going to get you in trouble with the bosses. What metrics do you guys care about as an institution uh, in AdSpark to move forward? Again, a very good question. Um, what we have at AdSpark, we call it AdSpark Intelligence. And that is what we really care about. It's the power of the consumer data, wherein it. it's the insight where it's the digital behavior. And that really came into focus, especially now that we're still in a pandemic, is to be able to understand what people and how people are using it and use it from, you know, the idea, the information to activation. So those are the things that we are looking at. And then coupled with our media, our platforms, and also the experience that we are putting together because that's where media comes in really well. And especially yes. now, one of the things that we are really building with our new partner is our creativity nice. that will provoke and engage. So that those are the things that we're looking at. That's amazing. Now, again, I want to understand, lastly, uh, just paying it forward uh, mm-hmm. before we wrap this up. That's an amazing career. There's not a lot of people who can, I, I, I've interviewed here, it's just, you really did a lot of growing up. And again, I'm just very happy to be calling you a friend now because again, more than anything, what we have, what we share is, a, 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 I admire you as a leader and I love it because again, it resonates. I, we're a hundred with each other and there's no pretentiousness here. But Gretchen, if there's one thing or there's a couple of things looking back in hindsight, that you would do differently, what would those be? I won't be, I'll try to not be scared of doing, you know, and just saying yes, because there were a lot of other stuff I could have said yes to. Got it. Yes, one. Number two is if I were to change differently, um, some of the decisions I made concerning people. Got it. Because you kind of know about it on hindsight. Not when it's staring you at your um, here in front of you, right? And third is only those things because I wouldn't be where I'm at if I were to change them. Makes sense. All right, sounds mm-hmm. good. Now, last question before I let you go. Mm-hmm. Again, long journey, amazing journey, coming from early beginnings where your 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 parents instilled with you that you can be whatever you want. A lot of it probably could have went to the wayside if you didn't just plow through and did stretch on. And you did an amazing job. But what would be your advice if you were talking to that girl again who wanted to be boss early? What would be your advice for yourself? If I would give you the keys to the time machine, just to tell yourself, uh, hey, this is you 20 years from now. Coming from, aside from that particular thing that I wanted to be, I also wanted to be a princess when I was younger. Got it. <laughs> no, I, just, I didn't know why I, why I said that. But um, <laughs> what I will tell, what I'll tell my younger self, is always be open, 
and always try to try Got and it. not be scared and not think of what other people are gonna say because they don't matter and what only matters is whatever it is that you think about that is yeah. amazing what an amazing episode Gretchen is definitely one for the books but before I let you go Gretchen if they want to work with you and again there's a lot you have a lot of bala so a lot of yes. people who have this much bala that you have yes. what, what, if they want to work with you what, what's up next for AdSpark and guide people over if they want to work with you so they can work with us in any different way we have a website it's that they could always send us a message there and I think if we could deep like my number and my email in our we in will our it's simply going to be a show notes on hustlechair.com <laughs> there you go and, but you know what we are a call away and we are always open to understanding what their needs are in terms of their consumers and we'd love to let them know because we always start with what we know about the consumers we have researches, white labels, and even discussions, even with Adobo Magazine, where we talk about what we know about the Filipino consumers. So we will always start with that of our lens of the Filipino consumers. Got it. Again, Gretchen, thank you for that amazing episode. But before I let you go, follow us on whatever podcast app to listen to, whether it's Hustle Share, whether it's Hustle Share, whether it's Spotify or Apple Podcasts and whatnot. And again, if you did say some jargon, it's going to be the show notes on hustleshare.com. And lastly, if you want to be part of the community and suggest some guests, just go to the community on Facebook at the Hustle Share Community uh, group and just join us there and have some conversation with all the other Hustle Share listeners as well. Again, Gretchen, thank you very much. Thank you, Ron, and see you soon. All right, see you around. I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace. Hey, Hustlers, it's time to talk business once again, and we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Sprout Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter as you grow your own startup. Because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. And this bundle is your key to freedom, including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprout's Payroll Starter has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll and HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game. And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions liberating your time for what truly matters. Hey Hustlers, wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents? Well, I got good news because today's sponsor, Uno Digital Bank, is here to help you achieve your financial goals. You can easily open an account with the Uno app in just five minutes and one valid ID. And as one of the six digital banks licensed by the Banco Central ng Filipinas, the company is committed to providing customers with simpler, better, and more accessible banking. 
Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with Gcash, one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the Uno mobile app, you can access an hashtag UnoReady savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. With their hashtag UnoEarn or hashtag UnoBoost time deposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag UnoEarn and flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. Other app features include pay bills, the Uno Virtual Debit MasterCard, life insurance, scan and pay with QRPH, and phones. And the one thing that I really love about Uno Digital Bank is they're open to collaborate with a lot of Filipino startups. I've had a chance to see the partnerships that they've had lined up with the startups that they have, and it's truly exciting to see how a digital bank like Uno can enable startups to unlock the power of fintech through digital banking. So if you're ready to elevate your banking experience, download the Uno mobile app today from the Google Play Store or App Store. Or if you want to collaborate with them, I'll be happy to give you an intro. Just shoot us an email at hello at huffleshare.com. Hey, Hustlers, I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023, and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor, Dragon Pay, is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels, giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. Dragon Pay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit Dragon Pay is. Dragon Pay was named FinTech of the Year at last year's Philippine FinTech Festival in 2020. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer. Trust Dragon Pay.